Welcome back to this episode of the Live Revised Podcast. My name is Christy Browning, and I am your host. I'm also a motivational, inspirational speaker, author, and coach. Today, we're diving into the topic of debt. And you might be thinking, how is that motivational or inspirational? Well, in this particular episode, I'm bringing you in on my journey of becoming debt-free. And we're not so much going to dive into budgets and number crunching as much as we're going to talk about the heart and the mindset behind our journey, my journey, what it took for me to work through some of the obstacles and to really make it across the finish line. So I hope you stay tuned for something that's really near and dear to my heart and that I hope becomes really motivational for you to maybe create your own debt-free plan. I remember it was kind of a unique set of circumstances that brought my husband, Matt and I to a point where we wanted to explore becoming debt-free. We had just went through kind of a transition in a business that I owned. Um, It was just kind of a unique set of circumstances that were maybe divinely brought together um, in some form or fashion that just kind of put us in the right place at the right time to begin exploring how we could become debt-free. And so uh, we were transitioning out of this business that we had this place that we were operating a shop out of and I was doing private coaching for small business owners. Uh, The building was being sold. They weren't going to renew our lease. It was kind of just the writing on the wall was that, you know, it's the time for us to transition out of that and into something else. Um, At about the same time, my father-in-law had been diagnosed with uh, pretty aggressive cancer. And we just knew that for the short term, um, we were going to have to, you know, adjust our lifestyle a little bit to allow for time to take care of him and um, to support him in his uh, fight against cancer. So we were just in a real gray spot in life. Like, didn't really know exactly what the future was going to look like. Not super sold on one path or the other. And we were liquidating uh, our storefront. We had a a video game shop that we were liquidating and closing up. And Matt had told me that he had listened to a podcast or a video of this guy named Dave Ramsey who wrote this book on becoming debt-free. And he thought it was something we should listen to. And I kind of laughed because uh, the book, The Total Money Makeover that Dave wrote, um, I actually had on my bookshelf and I had read it many, many, many years ago but never really applied any of the principles. And I was like, yeah, I know about this concept. I know about Dave's plan. I have the book. Yeah, let's check it out. So that course of a couple of days while we were liquidating that store, we spent listening to the audio version of that book over and over and over and over again. Uh, Matt continued to listen to Dave Ramsey's podcast and his YouTube channel watching uh, debt-free screams and listening to Dave's advice after that. Um, and just, it, it all just inspired us to see how we could also become debt-free. So we had started out in August of 2000. I think that would have been 2016. We started with Dave's plan, but you know, here's the thing. And this is the real honest truth about it. It is hard. It is hard. Uh, We had a plan that was outlined for us in not only in Dave's book, but by listening to his podcast and um, watching his show, like we knew what to do and knowing what to do is such a small piece of the puzzle. It's really 
conditioning your mindset and your focus to respond differently when faced with a choice or when a circumstance comes up that you didn't plan or prepare for to treat yourself and put yourself in a position where you grab cash, not credit, um, and just changing behaviors and knee-jerk reactions and the things that we were really used to. And the hard part about it is the thing um, that we do as far as credit, whatever, it's so socially acceptable. Like who, who shirks at, you know, 90 days, same as cash anymore, right? I mean, it's just what we do as a society. And so it was really having to kind of go against the social norms. And I don't know that a lot of people that were in our circle really got it. I don't really know that we waited for them to get it either. We just started. And it was important um, to Matt, especially, that we figure out how to become more financially independent and debt-free and do all of that. So he could sit here and give you this podcast episode as a video in a totally different set of perspective and what he would want to say may not be the same thing I would say, but he's not here. So we're going to talk about my perspective along this journey. And really, I want to speak to you as a woman and as a wife, because the thing that I noticed when we had this whole discussion about becoming debt-free I didn't really get super excited about the process. Not that I wanted, you know, not that I was afraid of doing a budget or that I didn't want to be, have spending limits or anything like that. Cause we were already there at the time when we discovered this whole money, make money makeover concept and these baby steps that Dave introduces, we were already budgeting our money. Matt and I had pretty much started from day one um, when we got together and got married and started, you know, combining finances and all of that. We pretty much spent almost every week uh, sitting down and working on our budget for the week. And I thought we were doing really good. Like, I mean, to me, there wasn't a lot of people I knew that were that diligent in working with their spouse, creating a budget and living by it. At the same time, we didn't have um, car loans because we both drove really beater cars that were we paid cash for uh, had zero value in them, and we didn't have any loans on them. Uh, we weren't really big spenders as far as I was concerned. We didn't do a lot of vacations or do a lot of shopping. Um, you know, I thought we were doing pretty good, and yeah, we had some student loans and we had a credit card or two, but a lot of that credit card was used for emergency situations like a car repair or, you know, something that broke down that we needed to replace or fix. So I didn't feel like we were really extravagant in our lifestyle or that we were spending money we didn't make. Um, it just seemed like we were in a cycle though. It seemed that we were in a cycle of paying off a credit card, the car would have some sort of a repair and we would be back in credit card debt again because we didn't have any other way to take care of it. And that part was frustrating. And while we thought we were doing a good job on getting out of debt, the whole time we were having to reuse that credit card over and over again, we were just coming out of debt, going into debt, coming out of debt, going into debt. And we never ever made any headway on Matt's student loans. So you know, we thought we were doing good. I thought we were doing good. And when Matt made the comment about, hey, we should do this, um, I was just really compliant with him. It didn't really bother me. I didn't see a whole lot was going to change in our lifestyle. Um, you know, it wasn't like he was cutting me off and I couldn't spend anymore. I'm just naturally not really a spender. So that didn't scare me. I just was like, all right, fine. If that's what you want to do, like, 
go for it. And I just kind of was really just compliant in doing it. And just for the record, Matt and I, when it comes to money, like we are on the same page. We agree a lot together on stuff, but for the most part, he kind of runs that for us. Um, he's just better at it, <laughs> hands down. So we just let him have it. But uh, so in this whole concept of getting Jeffrey, like I just really, really wasn't concerned about how it would impact us because I didn't think it would. And it took me a couple of months to realize that while I was on this journey with him to becoming debt-free, I was just compliant. I was not really committed and I hadn't really bought into the thought process, the mindset, the how-to to really get across the line and say, now I stand in this camp instead of the old camp I came out of. And that was a hard reality for me when I realized that, you know, we really weren't as good as I thought we were. We needed to make some changes. And the fact that I needed to really, really buy into this idea um, and not just be kind of go with the flow. Uh, and that's my tendency naturally when it comes to money is just to kind of go with the flow, whatever Matt says I'm fine with. But at the time when this was all starting to happen, I had taken a full-time job working for an estate plan attorney. And it was there that my perspective on money and my involvement with money changed. Um, and a lot of what we would do at the law office was um, settling estates, meaning when someone had passed away, we would help the heirs or the spouse, surviving spouse, handle the, um, the financial and estate affairs of that deceased person. And I would see lots of women come into the office whose husband had passed away and they had let their husband handle all of the money for a long time. And they didn't really know what they had. They didn't understand the investments that their spouse had made. Maybe they didn't even know that they even had all this retirement money or that there was a life insurance policy. And it, it was already a hard time for them to have lost the love of their life and their long-term, you know, life partner, but it was made more. It was harder because now they had to wrap their head around this financial estate planning component that they had never been involved in before. And I remember being at a specific appointment where the sweet lady, her husband had passed away. She was there to, you know, finish the estate and update her own will and such and her financial planner had come with her to the appointment. And I had gone in to kind of set up her next appointment and kind of do some administrative stuff with her. And I had to give her the bill for the attorney's services. And I remember giving her the bill and her looking across the conference room table to the financial planner and asking the financial planner if she had enough money to write a check for that service for our attorney bill. And what was ironic with it is that this woman had more than enough money, but she didn't even know what she had. And, and thankfully she was working with a really amazing financial planner who had her best interest at heart, or she could have really been, you know, swindled. And it was in that moment that I realized that I never wanted to be in that situation. I never wanted to have just taken my hands so far off of all of the money, so far off all of our investments and, and retirement and savings and all of that that if something happened to Matt, I wouldn't at least know how to have a intelligent conversation about it. He's a nerd when it comes to that. Like he loves to read all of the projections and research all the investments. And he could tell you, oh my goodness, so much about 
um, the mutual funds we have and how we plan for retirement. And, you know, he was the budget guy and still is. But that experience made me step back and say, I need to insert myself here. It is not fair to us as a family, to us as a couple, to me as a spouse, to not, uh, it's not fair for me to stand on the sidelines and not be involved in this. I don't have to be as over the top, maybe, as I think Matt may be, and be that number crunchy and that nerdy about searching, researching all that, but I need to be more involved. I need to put myself back into this conversation, and that really shifted things for me. It really made me come back to the table and say, I know we're doing this debt-free thing. I want to learn. Teach me. Teach me the things I should know. Show me what you're doing. Explain the process to me, and God bless Matt, because I ask him probably 500 times the difference between a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA, and I still don't really understand. But, you know, I'm sure he's like, Christy, I've answered this question 5,000 times for you. But he's so patient with me to walk me through all of those numbers and keep me up to date and show me what's going on. And that just became such an important part for me. So when we were looking at this whole debt-free journey thing. Um, that's really what shifted things for me and made me say, I don't want to just be compliant and go with the flow with you on this. I want to be committed to our future too. I want to step up and say, this is important. I have a voice in this. I want to have a say, so I want to be involved. Let's do this together. And thankfully, uh, Matt's the kind of person that wanted to do that too. And so we created a great partnership in that, uh, together. And what we found in doing that, when we would sit down to do our budget every week, is that Matt would look at the bills and look at the money and be like, here's what we're going to pay this week based on what we have. And this is what our budget's going to look like. But there are little bitty things that would come up that maybe he wouldn't think of. Like, hey, this is what our bills are for this week, but we also have next week someone's birthday or, you know, the dogs need to see the vet, or we're having a special get together with your family and we're going to need to budget more money for our groceries because we have to make something and bring it, you know, to this event. So those were the kinds of things like I would think about and I could bring to the table to help us be better at our budget. There's nothing's more frustrating than having to have this crazy conversation about money anyways that most people don't enjoy having, but to work so hard to get there and get a budget in place only to find out that it doesn't work because things happen and pop up and they wreck your budget, right? I mean, that's so frustrating. One of the things that we did in addition to us sitting down together and one person thinks this way and the other person thinks that way, and we both could pretty much cover our bases um, if we were both at the table, because again, we thought differently. But the other thing that really helped was deciding that it was going to take a little bit for us to dial in our budget um, and the process and how we did that. It was just going to take a little bit to figure that out. And it wasn't going to be, hey, we read this book. We listened to Dave. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. We know exactly how to do all of this stuff perfectly. It just didn't work like that. And I think we kind of either consciously or subconsciously gave ourselves a little grace to say, it's going to take us, you know, a month or two or three to really dial in our budget and know confidently that we've got everything covered and accounted for, and we kind of get into this rhythm. And so when things would happen um, midweek that didn't, you know, have a place in our budget or, you know, things, emergencies popped up, we would just come back together. We would just come back to the table and say, okay, now what do we change or what do we adjust or what do we do? 
since this thing has happened. And I would say that throughout the entire process of this, from day one to the end of the time that we paid off our debt, that was really the best attitude for us because things never went according to plan, at least for us. And it would have been easy to just discount Dave's theories and his plan and to say, hey, this isn't for us. We can't do this. But instead, we just kept coming back to the table to together to say, now what do we change or what do we adjust or tweak in order to really keep this plan going? Um, but granted, it's not going according to plan. We're going to have to change the plan. And we just did that over and over again. Um, so that that mentality, that mindset of giving ourselves permission to learn and figure it out and to grow and change and adapt as we went down this path and to also for myself look at things and say, you know, it's not right for me to just put all of this weight on Matt. Like this is a together thing. We need to link arms, become partners and work on all this, you know, financial stuff together. And that really shifted things. The other thing when I look at the fact that we were doing a budget, but you know, we weren't making any headway. I realized that we were budgeting out of desperation because at the time, especially when we first started this journey, every dollar counted and we weren't necessarily budgeting to make any progress or to pay anything off or to really have a plan for our money. It was more like, we get $800 this week and our bills are $800. And so every dollar had to be accounted for, not because we were disciplined, not because we had the habit of budgeting and really tracking where our money went. We were doing that because we had no other choice. Uh, you know, our, our bills, our cost of living was uh, at the end of our finances. I mean, we had to, we had to, out of desperation, we had to have a budget or else we couldn't have made it. And I didn't want to live like that anymore. I didn't want to have to say, listen, we either pay a bill or we take the dogs to the vet. I didn't want to have to make that choice. I didn't want it to have to require extreme measures to have cash for things that weren't in our normal uh, budget or in our normal bill flow. And so that was really a couple of things that hit me early in the game that made me say, okay, yeah we need to do something here. Something needs to change in me and our finances and the way we approach it and our mentality and our behavior and all of that. So I will put in the show notes of this episode, a link to Dave Ramsey's website and his, um, his podcast and his YouTube channel, um, because you can learn a lot just by listening and watching, but I do recommend grabbing the book, the total money makeover, or you can join the financial peace university, which is the I think it's nine weeks uh, workshop where you get together every week with a facilitator and a small group of you go through all the principles as a group to learn this whole um, money management concept that Dave teaches. All options are great. And when you apply all options in your life, you're destined to win. So I, they're all good stuff. So go get it all. Um, so a couple of things I've had people talk to me about or ask me about when it came to um, this debt-free concept is just kind of what would work, what wouldn't work, what tips would I provide for them? And again, I only can come at the conversation as a wife and as a woman, but I will tell you that the whole communication concept was really, really important when it came to the budget idea. 
And I think that this isn't always something we have right. I think we're always kind of discovering what this looks like um, because things in our life change. They're not always the same from day one to day, you know, 101 to day 401, right? So as we change and our life changes and our circumstances change, I think we're always looking at how to get better at communicating on something, especially like finances. But at the beginning, when we were starting on this debt-free journey, and again, that would have been like 2016, August, 2016, um, we learned real fast that for me personally, I need to sit down with pen and paper if we're going to talk numbers and dollars and cents and budget. Uh, it's not a conversation I can have just talking through it. Uh, I don't work that way. My brain doesn't process those numbers that way. I really need to see it written out on paper. Uh, and I'm still that way. In fact, um, when we sit down and do like budgeting, if you want to call it that for my business, we will take the dollars that have come in and divide it up into, you know, what are we keeping? What are we paying Christy? How much are we putting back for taxes? And even though it's the same percentages every time, no matter how much the money is, it's always the same percentages. I still have to write it out on paper and we keep a notebook where I've done all this chicken scratch, but it's just what helps me process that kind of information. And so we learned early on that we needed to keep like a budget book, a bill book that would allow, if nothing else, Christy to write out each pay period, write what bills were paying that pay period and any other spending we had allotted. Um, because what would happen is we would have these conversations uh, over the phone, let's say, and maybe Matt was driving home from work and he was thinking about a budget and he would call me on the phone and he would try to talk to me about it over the phone. And then by the time we would get together, I couldn't remember what he had told me. It, it didn't stick. It didn't resonate with me. Or if we would have the discussion, pay bills, go away for a couple of days, you know, do life. And then Matt would ask, hey, do you remember what we were doing with this or that? No, I do not remember. But if we wrote it down, uh, we can always go back to the book and look at Christy's notes and know that. And that has saved us a lot because uh, not only you know, do we communicate differently? Uh, Matt is like a numbers person as far as like he can remember numbers and he can remember dollar amounts months and months and months and months after they were important. I'm just not that way. But it's also helped us because if we agreed on doing something with the money and then we wrote it in the bill book, we both know that we were on the same page and we can't necessarily go back on that. Like Matt couldn't say, well, that's not what we agreed to. I could say, yes, it is because we wrote it in the book and vice versa. So having kind of like, and it's nothing special. It's a spiral notebook that literally I write, uh, I divide the page up into halves and the top half is pay period number one and the bottom half is pay period number two. And on the second page, pay period number three and pay period number four. And literally I just write in those halves, the bills that we're going to pay in that pay period. And it just so happens Matt gets paid every week. So we do it, you know, in weekly chunks. And then anything else we decide to do with the money, if we're putting money towards, you know, buying my stepson clothes or taking the dogs to the vet or saving money for a project at the house or paying for Christmas, whatever it is, we write those things in that section of the page. And then we have it in case one of us forgets or we need to refer to it. Um, I'm just always a big fan of writing things down. And that bill book has become such a good um, workbook. and 
kind of referral, like go back to and look at what we're doing uh, for, I mean, it's just, it's good. We've done it. And again, it's nothing fancy. It's nothing special. And the great thing is that you can do the same thing with tons of budgeting apps. If you rather do it digitally, we tried to do it digitally and it just did not not work. It does not work for us. We worked better with pen and paper. And so that's what we did. Uh, but you can find tons of budgeting apps. In fact, Dave Ramsey has one um, called Every Dollar. It's a free app. You can download it, build a budget inside of it. You can also do a pay version with it and link your bank account. So all of your transactions that happen in your bank pour over into the app and then you kind of assign them to categories. It's a pretty slick little thing if you like the digital option. But we learned from a communication standpoint that sitting down usually earlier in the day, I don't handle hard conversations in the evening. I'm usually done by then. Like I'm spent. My brain is spent. My emotions are spent. I'm done. So if you want to have like a hard conversation or a money conversation, morning is better for me. So usually on Saturday morning, um, we'd get up in the morning, have coffee, sit down, do budgets, do bills, crunch numbers, do all of that. Now here's the crazy thing. We would spend quite a bit of time doing the budget, not because the budget required all that time. But what would happen is because we were both coming to the table with, you know, your strengths, my strengths, with a joint plan in place, we had more conversation around the budget book that centered around wishes and dreams and goals and plans that really never were about that particular week's bills. These were bigger picture concepts, bigger hopes, bigger dreams than what um, was happening maybe even in that little week. But it allowed for us to just talk. And it was kind of interesting. And it's still this way now that so many times we'd get into discussion on, wouldn't it be nice if we could do whatever, fill in the blank. Um, you know, one thing I would love to do around the house is fill in the blank. You know, with the business, I really want to invest in fill the blank. And it just brought really good conversation to the table. And I don't know, maybe that, that the budget table was a, a neutral ground for us, excuse me, had to sneeze there for a second. Or if it was just that we were kind of, we were in a, in a space where we were um, not distracted by anything else. We weren't multitasking. We weren't, you know, also trying to take phone calls and cook dinner and do other stuff. It was just me and Matt, no distractions at the table, pen and paper, chatting. And those became, and still is, some of our favorite time of the week together is that time spent around the bill book. Now, the more money we got and the more debt we paid off, the more fun it was to sit and do that. But even when we didn't have anything, um, it was still an enjoyable time. It was still something we both looked forward to. That was kind of like, uh, sort of like our date night um, concept, right? Where we would just have a non-negotiable, this is what we're doing, um, you know, no distractions, no other tasks are being done right now. It's just me and you, here we go. This is what we're focusing on. And so those kinds of communication tips made a big difference. Uh, and I have to say that, you know, part of, part of what really changed for me was uh, not looking at the debt-free journey as something that was all about dollar. When I also made it about dreams and goals, then it mattered to me. When all of a sudden I could not just look at dollars and cents on paper and think about retirement, 
because retirement seems so far away. I mean, it seems like life years away for me. And so that wasn't a motivator. But when we talked about how having a plan, a financial plan would allow us to take our retirement years per se and travel, that all of a sudden got me excited. Or if having some financial independence allowed me to do more of what I want to do with my business, then that got me excited. Um, The idea of maybe Matt being able to retire early uh, got me excited. So all of a sudden, the why of it, right, became personal. And I think I needed to have that in order for me to really buy into and commit to uh, all the numbers uh, and really crunching those and rolling up my sleeves and getting involved in that. So depending on where you are in the pivotal question on, are you a numbers person or not? You know, are you good with money or not? I think it's really sitting down and deciding, how do I talk about this? What's my communication style when it comes to this topic? What do I need to do or have in place that makes this work better for me? Like doing it in the morning and not in the evening, writing things down versus just having a willy nilly conversation. Um, and what is, what's in it for me? What's my why? What's my reason? What's my goal in doing this? Um, and when we both could discover that and we knew kind of even what that was for the other person, it just brought us even closer together in this fight to get out of debt. And it created more commitment from the two of us in it. So I really encourage the communication thing. I know a lot of people who feel like um, when it comes to money and dollars and cents, there's a lot of friction and there's a lot of fighting and there's a lot of, um, you know, tense moments. Uh, But really I can't say that we had that per se if we always had just kept in mind um, the other person's needs, how that person communicates and how do we continue to have that communication open in a way that connects with them and being sensitive to that. Um, I really, really feel like for women, and I don't want to label all women because everyone's a little different, right? And and you may be the opposite of me. You may love numbers and love organization. Um, but for women as a whole, like we either are one way or the other. We're either, I want to control all of the money and I'm the one that's more responsible and more organized. Um, so husband, you get a free ride and just, you know, do what I say when I say to do it when it comes to the money. Or you're like me when I first started and you're like, hey, hubby, this is your domain. You do it and just let me know what I need to know. And the problem with that is both of those scenarios can be dangerous. Um, the, the situation where I'm not involved leads me to be very vulnerable should something happen to Matt. Also, it's not fair to him to have to shoulder all of that by himself. Like we're a partnership. But the first scenario where I let him off the hook is, as equally as important because one, again, we're not doing it together. We're not a partnership, but also because most times when we don't want to tackle something, when something's hard or challenging or going to require sacrifice from us, uh, we're okay to take it, like not do it, to take it out of the equation, to take a free ride and not have to deal with it. So if like finances are not super great right now and budget is kind of a, an awful word in your household, but you looked at your husband and said, Hey, don't worry about it. I got it. You just go do your thing. Well, of course they're going to just go do their thing, right? Because he wants to deal with that. He wants to do it. 
And so that's not fair to them because they really have to um, work with you or should work with you and have some commitment and have some buy-in as well. And so don't give them a free ride. I, I had a friend of mine that was kind of that way as a wife, she was sort of the one who kind of controlled that all and ran that all and kept track of it all. And her thought process was that she was just better at it. She was the one that was organized. She would make sure things got paid on time. Uh, she would, you know, she was a better manager of it. But at the same time, almost in the same breath, would complain that she had to be the Lone Ranger and shouldering the stress and the worry and the pressure of her family's finances while her husband got to kind of live a, a worry-free life when it came to that topic. And my response always to her was, you can't have it both ways. Like you can't, you either have to bring him in on the discussion where you guys can work together and you shoulder the burden together and you figure out a way that it works together, or you have to let him cut him loose and let, and let him have that. And you can't be mad at him for that. Then if you're deciding that this is your fight to fight only all by yourself then you can't get mad at him if he chooses to not pick up a sword. Like that's just the way it is. And so obviously we want to try to work together and it doesn't always have to look like what we think it should look like. Literally when we started doing this, um, Matt was really good at the number crunching. All I did was write stuff down on paper. That was really my job. And to maybe actually write the check we were going to send because my handwriting was nicer. Like that was it. And then the more and more we would do it, the more like I became better at um, having discussion or having a voice or having an input on what we should do. So it may not be what, what we do may not be what you do and what you do may not be what you saw your parents do or what your neighbor does. It's going to be what works for you, but you've got to discover what works for you and realize that it's worth it to see how can the two of you come together to make this be a partnership in this, in this one area of life. That's super important. And the thing I think you'll see is that it also impacts other areas of your life too. Okay. A couple of other tips for you is to set small goals. So we knew we had about $60,000 of debt to pay off, um, which seems ginormous. It seems a lot. And if you check out Dave's plan, um, basically what he teaches you is to pay your debts off in the order of payment. So the smallest payment first, then the next payment and the next payment. So that means that even if you have a, um, wait, I said that wrong. Let me back that up. He says to pay it based off of your amount owing, not your balance your balance, not your payment. So if you have a $500 credit card whose payment is $40, but you also have a $200 credit card whose payment is $10, it doesn't matter what the payment is, you're gonna go according to balance. So you would pay the $200 credit card, then the $400 credit card, then the $5,000 furniture loan, then the $10,000 car loan, then the $20,000 student loan. So you're gonna go according to those balances. And then when you pay that small one off, that little $200 credit card, the monthly payment that you would make on that credit card, you take that $40 and you add it to the $40 payment to the next credit card and you snowball those payments so that your actual out, outgoing amount doesn't really change while you're going through the debt uh, paying off journey. You're actually um, spending the same amount of money. You're just applying a different portion of it to the next bill you're paying off. So again, depending on what your 
bills look like, you would set your list up on the order in which you're paying things off based on how much you owe on each of those debts. So that creates goals for you. The first debt, then the second debt, then the third debt, and so on and so forth. And so when we would set up our goals for this whole thing, we would we created a poster board that hung in our kitchen that had um, the debts listed according to their balance, and we would cross them off as we would pay them off. And my stepson would he would know when we would pay off a debt because we would get all excited and we hoot and holler around the house and make a big deal about getting to scratch it off. And if he wasn't there when we did it, when he came through the door, that's the first thing we would tell him. And so we got to watch all this happen too and hopefully learned a lot of good lessons out of it. But those goals, as we celebrated the one debt being paid off and the second debt being paid off and the third debt being paid off, that gave us like excitement and momentum and fire to keep moving to the next thing. And when you're looking at $60,000, that's a whole lot of money. And if you don't create a way to celebrate along the journey, you'll never make it to your destination. And so if we would have just done $60,000 and counted down from that uh, until we got to zero, I don't know that we would have been so motivated to keep going. Um, it's really those small goals that kept us going. Now, here's the funny thing. The other like tip I would share with you is to keep going because for us, life really happened and, and impacted our debt-free journey in a way that we could not really have planned for. So as part of our journey, we had Matt's dad get sick and he lost his battle of can with cancer uh, for about two years, I think we went through treatment and him uh, in and out of the hospital for different things. And Matt had actually decided to take some FMLA time, some time away from work to kind of help take care of him. So that definitely impacted our ability to pay off debt because income really changed and adjusted for us and kind of went all over the map during that time. But because we had small goals, when we weren't making progress on those goals, we could feel the sense of slowdown. And we could feel like we weren't making the same progress. And Matt would say all the time, I just feel like we're not making progress. I just feel like we're not making progress. But at the same time, we would give ourselves a little grace and understanding that we're dealing with something really big here, something that's really hard and tough. And it was more important at the time for us to spend time with his dad and help take care of his dad than it was for us to necessarily pay off the next credit card that slowed our, our debt-free journey down a little bit, but it didn't take us off the map. And that's the thing, like as life happened for us, we would have to pause our debt-free journey or we'd have to slow things down, but we never actually stopped, stopped. And when we would you know, be ready to kind of like tackle the next aspect, all we had to do was pick up again where we left off and tackle the next goal, tackle the next bill. And for, for most people, I think, who try to do this debt-free thing, I think we start off with a plan and we want that plan to be what we, what we follow and what we execute. But what we don't always account for is the thing that's, that we can't plan for. And then when that happens and it maybe derails or slows down or puts a pause on what we're doing, we can get really frustrated and just kind of throw it all up in the air and say, you know what, this doesn't work. It's unrealistic. We might as well walk away and just give up on it. 
but you don't have to do that. You can look at that and say, you know what, right now I need to put a pin in this, but we can come back later and pick up where we left off. And that's what we would do. Not once, not twice, not three times, time and time and time and time again, things would happen. And we would have to figure out like, how do we just kind of put a hold on this, go tackle this thing that's come up and then we'll come back and pick up where we left off. And so my encouragement to you, if you're thinking about, Hey, we really need to do something like this, or we've done this, but we just never completed it is to just go back and get started. And if you need to pause, pause, but then pick back up because it doesn't have to be perfect for there to still be progress and for it to still be profitable for you to do this, this whole debt-free thing. When I'm talking to people about goal setting, or especially if I'm coaching a group of business women, I tell them this concept of high intention, low attachment. And what I mean by that is you have every intention, high, high um, focus and high, high uh, intention on reaching a goal. And that this is what you're going to accomplish. This is what you're going to do. This is the finish line you're shooting for. But you have low attachment as to how you're actually going to get there. Because we can put a plan in place. We can kind of set things in a forward motion. But there are detours. There are side trails. There are things that come up that pause, derail, or deter us from where we're going. And that doesn't mean that we just totally walk away from the thing that we were working for. It just means we may have to zig or zag or go over or go under whatever's standing there. So imagine, if you will, if we were all going to take a road trip across the country, our intention would be to make it to our destination. And we are highly engaged and focused on reaching our destination. But along the way, if we experience detours or road construction, or if we have to stop and get gas or stop and fix a flat tire, that wouldn't mean that we would turn around and drive back home. We would just encounter those little setbacks or hiccups or bumps along the way, and we would still continue to move forward. It may look a little different than we thought, but we still are going to go for the end result. And I think that's the thing that's important to remember here in this sort of game, like debt-free journeys and paying off debt and doing our finances, that things don't always go according to plan, but we have to give ourselves some grace that we're, that the goal is still there and we're still working towards it, even if the plan doesn't go exactly the way we thought. It's good to have a plan. Got to know how you're going to get there, but be okay with the fact that it doesn't always look exactly like we thought. And to just roll with the punches and go with the flow. Here's the thing I want to leave you with. I wanted to just share a little bit about kind of my insight on our debt-free journey, not as a way to brag that we've done that, that we've paid off all of that debt um, and that we don't have that debt anymore. I didn't want to share it as a, you know, ha ha, look at us. Aren't we so great <laughs> at all whatsoever? Because a lot of things we didn't do right. We didn't always make the best decisions um, with our money. We had opportunities that we could have probably paid things off faster, but we didn't. Uh, to talk about life as it happened, in the middle of us trying to do this, um, we had several cars bite the dust. Remember I told you, we drove beater junker cars. So we repeatedly had to replace them or fix them or just buy something different completely. Um, we had Matt's dad who passed away the people that we were renting our house from had a life change on their end that kind of forced us out of our lease 
sooner rather than later. So kind of sort of on a spur of the moment, we had to secure a different house, which meant we bought a house, which was not in the plan at all whatsoever, but just circumstantially, that's what, what worked out for us. Um, you know, job loss, job change, economy, this economy, that like nothing went according to plan. And again, we made mistakes along the way too. what took us three years to finish probably didn't have to take three years if life wouldn't have unfolded the way he did. But we had no control over some of that stuff. And we just had to be willing to go along with it to adapt and, and adjust as those things came up upon us. So I want to share this and I was really um, motivated to kind of tell some of this stuff again, not to toot our own horn, but to hopefully give you some things to think about if this is something that you're wanting to do. Um, I, highly recommend the total money makeover and Dave Ramsey's plan to do that. But I also really just want you to think about the fact that, you know, the decision to do this requires some grace and a plan together, hand in hand, grace to give yourself permission to make mistakes and figure it out along the way, but a plan to kind of give you a track to run on. And if we can do it, oh my gosh, if we can do it, you can do it because there was no reason that we should have been able to be so successful and in, in getting to this point. Um, it's not because we're smart or have a lot of money or have a lot of, you know, natural gifting in this whole arena of finances. It was just something we did not give up on. We did not give up on. So I want to leave you with that to just whatever it is, if it's finances or if it's other, some other goal, you know, maybe it's weight loss, maybe it's relationships, whatever the case is, when you know what it is that you want, you have to figure out why you want it. If you're doing it with someone else, then you have to learn the communication style and the why of the other person too, and come together as a partnership to make it happen. But more importantly, you have to decide that it's going to be something that gets done, even if it doesn't get done in the way you originally imagined. Day one, day 31, day 101, day 401, those days do not look the same. And your perspective way down the road versus when you first start out is going to be completely different. Your clarity, your understanding, your ability, all of that's going to look different as you move down the path. So allow yourselves the chance to learn to grow into your goal, to grow into your progress and celebrate those small victories because life is all about the journey. And I've said it before and I will say it again, life is not ran or won just the starting block and just at the finish line. The real nitty gritty part of the race, the real beautiful part of the journey is in the in-between because it's when you're running the race and you're on the track that you could choose to stop or lie down, or give up. You could lose focus of what you're doing and, and travel off left or travel off right. You could be distracted by comparing yourself against other people who are running the track. So that's where the hard stuff happens. The hard stuff happens in between the starting block and the finish line. So don't give up. Keep running your race, whatever that looks like for you. And if we can help encourage, empower, and inspire you to make life better, to better your financial situation, increase your relationships, make life sweeter and greater and brighter for you, that's what we want to be here to do. It's not very often that we utilize the, the YouTube channel or our podcast channel to talk about money because, again, not always my favorite subject, but this I wanted to come and bring my heart to you to say 
this was such a big, important goal for us to reach. And now the beauty of it is that we have a lot of financial freedom. Not that we're out there buying million dollar vacation homes and going on expensive vacations, but it allowed us to do what was really important for us way back when on day one, and that was secure our financial future and to be able to set a really great example for those who are watching us, whether it's my stepson, other family members, people who know us and know our journey. If you have any questions about how we made this work for us, or if you just want to bounce some ideas or need some encouragement on this topic specifically, please feel free to reach out. You can always uh, just comment here on the video or send us an email through our website, which you can access at christybrowningofficial.com. And we would love, love, love to help encourage you along your way and on your journey to see you cross the finish line, whatever that needs to look like for you. Because really, when we come down to it, what's most important is that we don't just live life on the sidelines, that we get out, we get in the game, and we make the most of it. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast episode today. It is an audio version of our YouTube channel. If you haven't already discovered us there, you can find me on YouTube and you can find both the video and the podcast recording of all of our episodes at our website, christybrowning.com. Just look for the menu item, the Live Revised Podcast. You can also find more about this episode in the show notes. So check that out. And if there's any questions that we can answer for you or any comments that you want to share, we're here to encourage, empower, and inspire you to not just go live life, but to really uncover your purposes, your passions, and your possibilities to have the life that you were meant to live. That's my heart. And I hope that you feel that as we share these things through your podcast channel. And that I hope you find a friend to share it with as well, because we're not meant to run this journey alone. When we find something good, when we find something empowering, we should share it. So tell somebody about the Live Revised podcast. I sure would appreciate it. Great, great time today talking about debt. I hope it was motivational for you. I hope it is exciting for you. It's exciting for me. And I can't wait to hear about your journey. 